0: Hello everyone, and welcome to The Ridiculous Rundown with Rose. I am the one and only host, Rose. And today is the start of a new journey of me going into absolutely nothing that I know of, and that is podcasting. Um, I'm really going into this because uh, it, it's just something it seems very fun, and I'm a very big podcast listening guy, so I took it upon myself to, you know, take the voyage into doing my own podcast and what it's about basically i'll give the rundown that's the whole premise of the the thing we're doing um it's just sports sports and perhaps maybe media and uh music other things and there's gonna be lots of trials and tribulations i think that's the right cliche quote you know lots of us so far i think i've done what for you know that's just something that's going to have to happen and hopefully this will develop into a great thing. And I'm hoping everyone that's listening to this, first of all, I hope you're having a great day. It's a brand new year. It might not seem as fun at, in in, in transition wise, but you know what? It's a brand new year. It, it can't get worse. Am I right? It just can't. So hopefully it isn't worse, but I'm sure it won't. Let's keep the optimism while it while it stands. Ignorance is bliss. Let's just leave the whole whatever the year was behind, and this year should be great. So without further ado, I do have to say one thing before, and that is the whole platforms. Like I said before, I don't really know what I'm doing, but hopefully as we go on, I do sort of know what I'm doing. And so the platforms that this will be on, I really don't know. I'm thinking... I. I only know a few podcasts. That's like Spotify. I know this will be on YouTube. I know how to operate YouTube. I've been in you. I've been doing YouTube for a while, so hopefully this will be on Spotify. I don't know. You're gonna probably listen to this on YouTube at first, but I know there are a few certification issues that I may run upon while going through the Spotify and iTunes, maybe some other podcast platforms, and I'm gonna 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 go through uh so hopefully that should be fun it really won't but it'll be worth it so the way the podcast is going to be divided is at the end I think that's the the, what the show revolves around is the ridiculous rundowns I'm going to give like a top five list of ridiculous stuff that happened in the sports world mainly NBA and NFL I know some of the NHL and Soccer or football. I know soccer. I don't know if this is going to be an international target audience. But I wouldn't say I'm a big uh, football, however you want to call it, uh, viewer. I just, I don't know. I mean, I used to play it at first. But it just doesn't captivate me. Unless it's the World Cup. If it's the World Cup, then maybe I'll for sure talk about it. Because that ranks probably number one in viewing spectacles. That's just a whole different type of... Game, you know, and it involves usually Mexico or the USA, which I usually cheer on. But the USA kind of reeks right now, so we're not gonna get into that. That's a whole different spiel. But right now, as of the recording, the NFL and the NBA are the two major sports. The NHL is a week away. I don't know how much I'll do about the NHL, though. I'm not a. I'm a brand new fan. I'm a Penguins fan. I'm mostly. I don't know if I should say this, but. Just to get it out of the way, I'm a big Pittsburgh fan and then the Lakers fan. So everything, I'm kind of, I'm no, I'll, I'll just say it. I'm super blessed, and then you go all the way to the Pirates, and that's a whole different world that, honestly, I'm only one year into watching baseball and hockey. And so far, I wouldn't say it's treating me well, even though the Penguins were good until the playoffs, and apparently, I don't know any of those terms, but... Be on the lookout in the future if I do go into those type of, uh, t- do talk about baseball. I think baseball I'm more familiar with than hockey. I think hockey is a whole different, it's like a whole different language. Learning new sports when you're like not a little kid, it it, it is like learning a language, I guess. But without further ado, I think I got all of the major components of what the overview of the whole podcasting thing is going to be. I think I got that out of the way. So... To start, I am going to talk about the NFL. Week 17. We're going into the playoffs. But before we do get into the playoffs, I do want to say I do think I will be coming out with an episode with lots of episodes about the wild card and then divisional and conference. I think hopefully I can get that other way. And I did fail to mention that I think this morning podcasting thing, I did also go into it because a lot of my videos on my channel are like super. They're like art projects, even though I'm never an art guy myself. I think I'm more of a, like a computer art kind of guy. I mean, I think I, I love my thumbnails. I put a lot of effort into it and the video editing, I think I do a lot more editing. It's like an, it's like a video essay. So I just wanted to get a little away from that and get into just free talking and not having to do so much editing. And it seems a lot more fun in a different way. So with that out of the way, we are going into the playoffs. It was a crazy, crazy, like ridiculous week. And you'll see at the end, it's a lot of football for the top five ridiculous things. So, starting off, I will go talk about every single game. I'm, I'm not gonna, like one of the meaning, meaningless games, um, like the, I'm gonna have to get into the, I was not as prepared as I should have been. Ooh, voice crack already. Yeah, like, Saints and Panthers, okay, that was a little meaningful. I think I started off with a meaningless game. Like, Chargers and Chiefs, I'm not going to talk as much about about those. I think I'm going to focus a lot more on the, the bigger games, but I'm not going to get into depth into some, because then, because some of them applies to the ridiculous top five. So, with all that out of the way, I don't know how far we're into this before I actually get into content, but... Starting off, the Vikings and the Lions. I, honestly, another meaningless game. I did not watch most of it. I know Justin Jefferson had a good game. Yep, 9-133. and 133. Nine receptions, 133 yards. I think he just caps off the year with a good game. I do believe he broke the yards record for, don't quote me, for receiving. He broke a Randy Moss record, and he had that on his cleats. But, I mean, it was a great year. You got to stefan Diggs replacement production wise maybe it wasn't there but it's as close as you can get to filling that void of stefan Diggs, who we'll get on to later on who had a phenomenal year but justin jefferson seems like a like a maybe a steal i know a few receivers went before him but with his development I'll be bold and say maybe he can be... I know he'll be better than Stefan Diggs was in the Viking system. But I don't know if those... The the competition between them is just a little weird right now. Obviously, because Justin Jefferson is a rookie. And uh, Kirk, Kirk Cousins, usual, usual good game against a bad team. That's not to hate, but he just demolishes bad teams. Even though it was a close game. I know Matthew Stafford played with a broken broken everything he he's like one of the toughest players and underrated i know that's he he's getting so underrated that i mean is he really underrated but yeah no he's still underrated ap seven for 63 seven carries 63 yards matthew stafford i mean i'm not gonna get into much but shout out matthew stafford i know he put i mean marvin jones i'm looking at it right now he had eight receptions for 180 yards i just didn't watch most of the game but i do know matthew stafford broke the whole theory for not wanting to play meaningless games. I mean, he's a warrior. I hope he goes to a good team in the in the offseason that'll actually want him and, you know, takes care of him. I mean, he, he, I wouldn't say he's one of those players that deserves a ring, but if anything, he deserves some time in the playoffs. I think a lot of his greatness has been shortcut by the playoff drought in um, the Lions history. I mean, he'd had Calvin Johnson. Of course, he's had talent, but he's never been complimented with the proper weapons that a playoff team would have. Oh, there's a second one. Oh, my goodness. We're already two in. Two voice cracks there. You're going to have to excuse that. My bad. So enough of that. I don't think we need to get too much into the Vikings and Lions. But next is the Falcons and the Buccaneers. I did watch a little bit of this. I think I know Antonio Brown had a flip into the end zone. It's, it's still weird seeing him rock first of all in an 81 and then those Buccaneers uniforms that are they're like a mix of ugly but good. look you look good with the it's like an ugly sco- color scheme but it looks good. I know last their their James Winston era uniforms weren't as good. I hope they can bring the the creamsicles or whatever they're called i know the nfl has a bunch of dumb rules on that but that would be a cool return especially with tom brady i don't know how long he'll be there but he's still okay i mean for a 40 year old quarterback he's as good as you can really get and next we have well i did fail to mention the buccaneers did win 44 to 27 um i think the bigger question that comes out of this obviously the buccaneers get to face the washington football team I think I got adjusted to that name now, the Washington football team. I know the. we'll get into that later. I'm getting ahead of myself. But Matt Ryan played okay. I mean, it's, it's kind of a weird story with him. Julio Jones barely played this year. But while he did play, he was, I mean, as good as you can get for the lack of games. I did expect Todd Gurley to be somewhat better, but the knees aren't there, man. You hate to see it. You really do. He went from like MVP status to second stringer in what two years that's insane but the knees man football and knees are not a good duo so enough of that game now it's the i'm sorry if you can hear my mouse click but i'll probably have to hopefully you guys don't hear that but next to this is the jets and patriots again the patriots win i did not watch a single part of this sam darnold not a good game i know that and i mean it's just one of those games, I guess. Kim Newton had a decent game, I will say that. So did uh Jacoby Myers. Who's Jacoby Myers? Is he Is he a receiver? I'm sorry, if he is a receiver, yeah he's <laughs> Hey that tells you a lot about the Patriots wide receiver quarter. I, I I I did recognize the name, but I was like Why did he throw a touchdown? But I'm guessing it was on a I'm sorry Patriots fan, I don't I don't know what play, but I'm sure it was a good play that he scored a touchdown with and i'm just looking at the stats here cam noon good rushing good rushing game i guess i mean it's a good way to end the year i'm not a big cam hater but i think i'm a little more towards i want him to do good i mean i want every player to do to do good except uh i don't know players that i don't like i don't know maybe richie incognito i don't know much about him I, i know he's doesn't seem to be the greatest guy apparently but maybe he is i don't know Maybe those, those players I, did, I just don't like, but that's a whole different conversation. And yeah, another, I guess, meaningless game, but I'm glad Cam got to end of the end, of, end the year on a good note. And so, I mean, I guess I'll pose the question, will he stay next year? I think he does. I don't think a lot of, I mean, we saw before, after the injury, his shoulder injury, I don't know how, I think TJ had something to do with about it, but I don't know what that, Something he accumulated a lot of shoulder injuries and eventually got really bad, and so his market afterwards was, after the injury, was pretty bad, and so the Patriots took a chance on him. I thought he was going to do pretty well. I think the first three weeks, what you were talking about, Cam Newton for MVP, and then, and then I, once he got the, uh, the whole, you know, I'm not going to say it because I think YouTube watches that really carefully. But once he got the whole, you know, you know, I'm going to call it the the YK, yeah, the YK, he got the YK, and after that, it was just a downward spiral, I'm pretty sure before this game, he only had, what, five touchdown passes, that's uh, just, and like, I think he had the worst touchdown to interception ratio for a quality starter, but another meaningless game that I don't want to get in too much about, now, oh, excuse me, I'm gonna take a quick water break right about now. There. I'm gonna take a lot of water breaks. I did find out that doing the podcast or talking a lot does get your mouth very dry quickly. Now onto an actually meaning well, it was a meaningful game, but it turned out to be not even that close to entertaining. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even look at Tua's numbers, but the Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills. I just looked at the scoreboard on the side, I think it was red zone or something, and I just saw like an absolute blowout. I mean, you expected some competition. And you'd expect Tua to do I mean he had a lot of yards, but he also had a lot of interceptions. He went one touchdown to three interception ratio. And uh that's just not good. It's not a good way to end the game. I mean, I is this his season high for yards? I mean Maybe he just compensated, I don't know. Josh Allen was also really good, but I think the MVP of the game was Antonio Williams. I barely heard that name before, but I mean, he had a monster game. He had what, four touchdown totals? Oh no, no, that's Isaiah McKenzie. No, Antonio Williams and Isaiah McKenzie had a hell of a game. They went uh, two touchdowns each. Uh, McKenzie with two receiving and rushing. Antonio Williams went for two. He didn't have that many yards, but hey, he ran when it counted, right? and so something that came out of this game is i think i'm gonna do that something that came out of this game right for every game but i think yeah this is a very interesting question before this game someone on the bird app or twitter had posed the question or posed the statement that the dolphins who now have the number three overall pick should take I don't know, maybe like a Zach Wilson or a Justin Fields. And I was like, this guy is out of his mind. There's no way they do that, right? And if you think about it, Brian Flores is kind of known as a madman. I mean, he, he had two quarterbacks, which is known to be a failure. You never have two quarterbacks at the same time playing, right? But it worked out for the little bit. It lasted, and then uh, Fitzpatrick got the YK. I'm glad I'm using that term already but I mean it's looking a little rougher to Tua. do I think they're going to take a quarterback? I don't think it's completely out of the picture as I thought last week but I think Tua just needs a good receiver. I think they're going to trade back that that uh that pick or they might take Penai unless the Jets somehow don't take a quarterback, which I I mean I it's not a it's not completely ridiculous if they don't they might take Panay even though they took Makai Becton who's pretty good but I, I don't think they need a tackle but I'll save that for a mock draft I might do but a big question does loom in the quarterback position for the Dolphins more than I thought it should have but I don't know Fitzpatrick's contract but if you think about it would he take a pay cut to stay with the Dolphins I don't think so I don't think I, I mean I'll look at it right now but I'm pretty sure you can't hit, hear the keyboard sorry about that oh a third voice crack let's go no but it's a very interesting situation with the quarterback i think realistically they do take i if i was the gm i don't know their gm i'm sorry i'm not a big gm aficionado but if i were them i would trade that back i think you'd get a good ransom for the third overall pick um there's just there's a buttload of quarterbacks but if I'm the if I'm the uh the Dolphins I trade back get a wide receiver and then see what we can do with decent weapons outside of Devontae Parker I think a lot of the there's just a lot of inconsistencies with the offense of the Dolphins what I, I mean I, I also wouldn't be opposed to to Panay playing the blind side uh the right tackle which is the blind side weird just weird to say a right tackle as a as a blind side but it is is a left-hander so uh, i am looking at it and it does appear that fitzpatrick don't quote me on this he's on a he's on a pretty nice salary but i think this year is his last year so that that'll pose an interesting question again like i said the the quarterback uh, issues there it might be significant, it might not, but I think it's something worth looking at, and the Bills, you know, they, they locked up the two seed, whether they lost, they still would've got it, because the Steelers, we'll get into that later, but they lock up the number two seed, they look hot as anything, I think, I'm looking at it right now, they won 38-9 to last week, 56-26, um, I'm looking at week 15, they won, oh, was that a fourth, jeez, man, 48 to 19 against the Broncos. i mean they're on a roll they're i'm guessing their point differential has gone up quite a bit and so i think they're the hottest team in the nfl outside of the packers and i don't say the chiefs because obviously they lost without their starters so i mean that just speaks volumes in itself you can take it how you want it for whatever for whatever it's worth all those little phrases but i think them and are a little above the packers in terms of going on a streak cuz they're just blowing people out pause but they're just doing a bunch of stuff and it's 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 pretty scary if i was the chiefs i think i'd look at them as the main the main guy to be focusing on on your journey to a repeat and so we look at Week 17 And game number five. Yes, number five. Steelers and the Browns. Um I did watch the complete entirety of this game. I think I did say before that I am a I am a Steelers fan. I wouldn't say it's not it's not a bad it's not a bad thing being a Steelers fan, but they're one of the bigger teams, so whenever you do lose I mean, boy, we saw with the whole three-game losing streak, that was, with the whole juju thing, I mean, that's a whole different conversation, but they did lose by two to the Browns, and something that did surprise me was how well Mason Rudolph did, and I think in a relative manner. He had 315 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. That interception was terrible. I think that cost him the game overall, but his deep throw passes are... I think him and Chase Claypool are like a match made in heaven because the only thing Mason Rudolph is relatively above, above, and then a little above average at is the deep throw lofts, like the passes. I think everything outside of that, he's, every, I mean, he's just a, a second string quarterback. I don't really envision him starting, but if the Steelers do take this single game as something to look at, I myself would not want him to be the future of the court, uh, the quarterback position when big Ben retires but it wouldn't be the worst thing it's, that's all i'll say and oh yes the browns i'll get into the whole playoff playoff uh entry later but good for them i mean <laughs> as a joke mason rudolph did outplay baker mayfield but I'm joking. I don't want to trigger Browns fans. Mayf- Mayfield had, a, I mean, no, no turnover. He had a May- Baker Mayfield on a on a eh day kind of game. You know, just one ninety-six yards and one touchdown. Nick Chubb did annihilate the Steelers in the first half. He did juke uh, All-Pro Minka Fitzpatrick. I love me some Minka. That's my favorite player. I will I will say that too. But my God, he's been getting juked out. It's not entirely his fault, but I mean, that's what two games in a row. I think now I Think once he gets he's facing a lot of people, but Nick Chubb Had a good game Kareem hunt. Not so good. I think There was a huge difference in in play. I think maybe the O line just got a little bit tired when Kareem Hunt went in but I Think something interesting was uh Kaderil Hodge. hold hodge, excuse me interesting name that's a good name, but he had a I wouldn't say breakout game but he had he had good plays when they mattered and that's what you really ask out of a new coming receiver and uh, yes, the end of the game Mason and Miles Garrett did embrace each other. Don't know what was said. Really speaking as a Steelers fan, I'm just glad that corny stuff hopefully it's over. It got it got to a point to where it just got super repetitive. And maybe because it was pretty significant in what Miles Garrett accused Mason of, the whole, I mean, watching it live, it was hilarious until it wasn't hilarious. And then you realize the whole bigger picture thing, but I'm glad hopefully they hashed it out. Maybe it just might've been a, oh, look at us. We hashed it out, but it's not really hashed out. Who cares? I hope it's behind us. Um that was just overblown and wow i'm only on my sixth game and we're 24 minutes in i hope that's a good pace because there are a lot of games to get to but the cowboys and the giants i did watch part of this game like i said i'm saying which ones i watched just so you guys know my analysis may be a little eh on this one because there were a lot of games basically It was a good, yeah, I mean, uh, it wasn't really a good game. It was a good game at the end when it was what you'd expect an NFC ending to a game to be. I believe the Giants, Wayne, no, not Wayne Gallman, oh, was it Wayne Gallman? One of their running backs, I'm pretty sure it was Wayne Gallman, he fumbled it. I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen this and he, and I was like, did he, recovery and it if the camera zoom, zoomed in on him like holding it and then it got you know punched or stripped out and so that was just a crazy ending and the Giants did win and for the six I don't know six hours prior to the Washington game the hopes of Giants fans were sky high and you know what just be glad you got those six hours you know a lot of teams just didn't have those six hours Giants fans At least you had hope at six wins and that's just that's just how it is I know Sterling Shepard did have a good game and so did and there was a controversial call with Dante Pettis I, I wasn't I didn't it was like a catch but the Cowboys they didn't they didn't they didn't call anything on it they didn't say challenge Elliott though did finish with 14 carries for 42 yards I mean, the running game just wasn't that good for the Cowboys. And Ezekiel Elliott just ends the year on a rough patch. I mean, the whole year has been pretty rough except outside of Dak, and you're looking at his contract and and you're looking at Pollard's productivity and his contract and you're thinking, yikes, it's not good for the running back crew in terms of uh, future contracts. But outside of that, the Ravens and the Bengals, not gonna get into that. The Ravens absolutely decimated their team. And you, you thought the Bengals were going to play spoiler like they did in 2017 when the Bills went into the playoffs and then lost lost to the Jags in like a 6-3 game. Um, yeah, I'm not going to get into that. That was just I think that that takes the award of the most boring for everyone outside of Ravens fan award. Jaguars and the Colts. That was a good game again until the end. Mike uh, not Mike Hilton. Mike Glennon was playing out of his mind. I mean, he had a relatively good game. I think he threw for 15 straight completions. Don't quote me on that either, but he had a pretty good game. I don't see James, I think that's the same James Robinson. He's an undrafted rookie. I don't think he played today. I think he was out. I don't know why, but he had a heck of a season and the Colts just, I mean, yeah, I'm getting into it, but Jonathan Taylor, my God. 30 for 253. I did watch a lot of it. And I watched them between this game and then the Titans. That was a that was a good, you know, week 17 action. You got to see who was going to take the division. But at, at the end, Jonathan Taylor just ran the clock out. And um, Phillip Rivers, not a great game. But I think hopefully in the playoffs when they do play the Bills, hopefully the good version can, can come out of it. Because I do think if Philip Rivers comes out, with bad Phillip instead of good Phillip, then it's gonna be a blowout again for the Bills. And so, yeah, the Titans and the Texans, this is one of the better games. So the Titans had a, what, 31 and 15, something like that lead. And it was, it was like, okay, this is in the books. Let's get Derrick Henry's 2K yards. He did get it. I mean, 250 yards, my God, but as they were progressing into the whole, all right, let's play this a little, little slow with Derrick Henry here. He, um, he fumbled it, and it was a weird fumble. I think it was like a, reminded me of James Harden with the behind-the-back steal or like a block, and so because the whole Houston connection. But I don't, was it Zach Cunningham? Oh, I don't remember the player, but might have been 41. I don't, I don't remember, but. He, went, he was going behind a tackle, and instead he popped the ball loose. And you saw Derrick Henry, as the ball went out, he's like, oh. And then you look right back around, and he was like, there it is. And so that was good. And then at the end, Deshaun Watson was playing out of his mind. And congrats to him. You don't really have anything to play for, and you still play out of your mind. I mean, that's what football is about, man. Congrats to Deshaun. I think he's one of the best 4-12 and quarterbacks ever. And hopefully, I mean, yikes. But we'll get into the whole future of the Texans later. But, um, Kaimi Fairbairn kicks the tying field goal. It did not go into overtime. I keep, I keep thinking, oh, is that a fifth one? No, I keep thinking they went into overtime, but no, they didn't. Um, this Texans secondary blew it. They left the middle of the field wide open on a cover Cover four, cover two. I don't remember, but AJ Brown went. Uh, he went deep, and he caught it. It was a good, really good play. I did not expect it either. I thought they were gonna run the clock out. The Texans were gonna play prevent or something like that. But no, the Texans just blew it. And so the brand new kicker. I don't remember. I'm sorry if you can hear some barking, but. Samuel Sloman, yes, Samuel Sloman. He went two for two, and he hit the game-winning field goal. And I'll get into that later, too. Maybe I'm just previewing some of the ridiculous stuff. But they did win the game, and so that poses the question of what do the Texans do? And honestly, if I was a Texans fan, I would hate it so much. Because when you usually have a bad season, at least you can find a silver lining in the the whole, hey, we got a high draft pick and they did get the number three overall pick, but it's not yours. You traded it for Laramie Tunstall, which for what it's worth, really good player, really high contract. And I saw Brett Coleman, he, one of his videos, he saw, he broke down Dwayne Brown and how good he was and the value that that could have gotten. And I'm just thinking, man, it's gotta be rough to be a Texans fan. At least you got DeSean. He, he's there for the long run. I hope he's not. I hope he goes to the Steelers, but that's just the bias in me. But you know, it's got to be rough. I feel for you guys. Next is the Cardinals and the Rams. Oh, that was just a weird one. It was really, I wouldn't say hard to watch, but it was a, uh, it was one of those like, what are we doing here? You know, Kyler hurt, hurt his ankle in the beginning of the in the beginning of the the game and then he came back in the fourth quarter and so two I think AFL and then CFL quarterbacks went right back at it two backups against each other uh, John Walford had some decent runnings I mean he went six carries for excuse me 56 yards he was running out there he looked a little shorter than I thought but he was running wild, but the, I mean, the Arizona Cardinals, once Chris Stav- Straveller, I think he's the CFL quarterback for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers or something like that. Nice beard, looks like a cowboy, but I believe, yeah, he threw a uh, pick six to Troy Hill and it just, the Cardinals just couldn't get back into it. So the Cardinals do end eight and eight after starting off pretty well, I, I believe. I mean, after the Kyler, the Hale Murray, Hale, why did I just get a Forrest Gump voice there? No, the Hale Murray. Um, the whole, yeah, whatever, the Hale Murray, Hale Mary, whatever you want to call it. After that, the whole season just went a little down. And I do think a lot of what attributes to the down spiral of the Cardinals is just Kyler Murray was not healthy at all for like the last, what, six games. First, it was his shoulder, then his legs, then his quad, something like that. I mean, yikes, dude. So if I was the Cardinals, I'd sign a decent backup because if you're looking anything into it, with the way Kyler Murray plays, I mean, he, he it's just you take a lot of bang, bang plays, and, you know, it's pretty frustrating to see bad quarterbacks play. But if I'm the Cardinals, I think it's just, it's just a mess meh season, really. You expected a lot, and there was a lot between Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, but Hopkins got absolutely locked up. Kind of. It wasn't like a shutout, but he would he did he did go four for thirty-four. Four four receptions for 35 yards, which is not really a DeAndre Hopkins game, but shout out to Jalen Ramsey for that play. And a quick water break. Next is the Saints and Panthers, another, I mean, I wouldn't call it a meaningless game, but Saints absolutely dominated. They did, they were without Alvin Kamara, and Ty Montgomery did do pretty good. 18 carries for 105 yards. Taysom Hill, 7 for 41. James Winston even got a rush in there. Oh, yes, Emmanuel, something that did, was meaningful was Emmanuel Sanders he was supposed to get, I believe, eight receptions and maybe something yards. And then he would have gone 500,000. He did get nine receptions. And on his eighth reception, which was the 500,000 yard catch, you saw like a like a touchdown kind of celebration, even though he's like on the 25 yard line or something like that. So that was pretty funny to see how the whole incentives work into the week 17 game. And Teddy Bridgewater did get benched and Phillip Walker had three interceptions on five passes around 14 passes he only he almost had as much interceptions as uh five interceptions for the saints Jeez, yeah that was just a bad passing game philip walker i do think was the xfl mvp or was that cardell jones he was i think he was good in the xfl yeah not a good game in the nfl pretty rough that you got almost as many completions as interceptions but the Panthers do end at 5 and 11 which is i don't i think that's a little disappointing uh, i know a few Panthers fans would would agree i do think the the coach position is maybe there i think his name is Matt Rule something like that he went from uh Baylor he's he's a decent yeah i mean it's just i think it's his first NFL season i mean with the roster you got, with Christian McCaffrey being out for the whole season basically, and your rushing not being all that without him, I mean, it's just bound to happen. CMC had to do a lot of carrying, but injuries got to him. It's just a disappointing year. Hopefully they draft a the linebacker, Micah Parsons, but that's it for that game. Next is the Packers and the Bears. It was pretty interesting at first. And at first, I mean, the first one and a half quarters until the Green Bay Packers scored 21 in the second quarter and really just looked didn't look back. And Aaron Rodgers, four touchdowns, 240 yards, which is it's always weird to see how high the touchdowns are with little yards, right? And how what looks like maybe one out of every five throw Aaron Rodgers threw was a touchdown because he threw 19 completions, right? I know one out of every five throw it was a touchdown, but one out of every uh what am i saying one out of every four i don't know i'm not trying to get in the math i'm on winter break i don't want to i don't want to do the math in my brain but it was just an absolute domination by the packers i do remember mitch trubisky had a few chances here and there to get back into the game but it was never really a game to start with trubisky's hot run Goes to a stop. The Chicago Bears looking like the number one offense in the NFL. Maybe next to the Bills. That comes to to an end. And, I mean, you lose, but you still get into the playoffs, which is the weirdest way to get into the playoffs. But, hey, you're in the playoffs. You face the Saints. Maybe without Alvin Kamara. Do you have a chance? No. But do you have a a bigger chance to win? Maybe. Are you still going to win? No. Sorry, Bears fans. But at least you get into the playoffs. Maybe that affects your draft draft pick but i mean there's a lot of issues on the bears mainly with the quarterback and the coach but you know it's just the bears they've never really had a good quarterback hopefully they can get a good quarterback i think that'd be fun to see they could have had patrick mahomes but sorry bears fans next is the chargers and the chiefs i mean the Chargers won uh justin herbert ended his rookie uh rookie season i'm trying to say I'm trying to think. No, I'll, I'll get into that later. I think I've said that phrase like three times now or like 20 times. I don't know. But Justin Herbert had three touchdowns. He had a heck of a game. I believe he did have a rushing touchdown as well. He did. So four total touchdowns. I mean, Chad Henney, statistically not that bad, but I I was seeing a lot of Chiefs fans saying, you know, he, he just wasn't that good. And I'll take their word for it. So the Chiefs avoid the... Uh, um, the tremendously cursed 15-1 and record they end the year 14-2 and I mean they could have gone 16-0 if we really think about it but talent talent wise they are a 16-0 team but the Chiefs do get a bye and what's interesting is are they going to be rusty off the bye my prediction is everything you think the Chiefs are going to be they're not going to be in terms of like failing to do what a normal team would do they're just insane but I will say if the bills do meet them in the what's it called the conference championship right it'll be a lot more interesting and if the chiefs don't get certain things fixed like their red zone efficiency and their run game it's gonna be a good game and bills mafia knows this but i think outside of that everyone's punching the chiefs in but you know that's a game to look at. I hope it doesn't turn out to be that like that. Like I said, I, I hope it's not another Chiefs blowout because I want it to be interesting. But I think for the sake of Bills Mafia, I'd be happy if they do make the Super Bowl. But again, with all that being said, I do think the Chiefs are going in comfortably. They get the bye. Number one seed. They had it last week too. It was a pretty good race between the Steelers and the Chiefs. As a Steelers fan, I thought, you know, I kind of... What? What's the word? I... I made myself think that the Steelers could be as good as the Chiefs, and hey, with a healthy Steelers defense, they still wouldn't be the Chiefs. Now that I think about it, but with the way the Steelers were playing before the whole Juju Corvette Corvette dance fiasco and the whole three losing three three game losing streak and the Bills embarrassment, I mean, hey, I enjoyed that time when the Steelers and our some of our fan base realistically thought we could beat the Chiefs, but. I mean, yeah, the Chargers, I did see earlier, Um, I think one last thing, or one second to last thing before we leave, or this game, is Anthony Lynn is fired after, oh, that's a 6-1, after a four-game winning streak, I mean, good for Chargers fans, do they get Eric enemy I don't know if he goes to a division rival, I don't know what the whole loyalty thing for coaches goes by, but I don't think it's that important, really. I hope the enemy gets his bag and if he doesn't, that's a real concern for the NFL, but that's a whole different conversation because the enemy is an absolute stud. And the last thing is Justin Herbert versus Justin Jefferson two Justins. Wow. well. Um, who wins offensive rookie of the year? I'm going to say it's Herbert just because he's a quarterback, but I do think relative to their position. I mean, they both broke records. But that's a tough one. I think that's going to be the, the closest award other than maybe defensive player of the year, which, again, a little biased. I do think TJ would win that, but I think Donald is going to win it just because he's Aaron Donald. He's got the whole name. TJ White isn't really that much of a name in comparison to Donald, but that's nothing to do with the Chargers. I do think Justin Herbert wins it. Justin Jefferson falls to a narrow second. It'll be interesting how the, to see how the honors NFL honors or the award show goes. But I do think Herbert locked in the statistically wise. I mean, he padded a little bit here, four touchdowns. I do think he wins it. And that's just because, you know, he's a quarterback. That's just how the offensive rookie and player of the year, well, not player of the year, but MVP. That's just how some of those awards go. Next is the Seahawks and the 49ers. The Seahawks... I mean, it was a pretty close game, which is very interesting because 49ers, I think they had a really good season, except for the record. So, what I'm trying to say is they had a really good 6 and 10 season. So, a lot of their players, Kittle, Garoppolo, I don't know how much you want to say Garoppolo, but he's pretty impactful if you really think about it, even though he kind of, you know, he's kind of man. I'll get into his whole future after or as the thing to take out of this game, but. It was a pretty interesting game, C.J. Beathard, Beath- 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 I can't pronounce his name, C.J. Beath- Beathard, decent game, what do you expect out of a backup, no mistakes, I think that, it, that's basically the formula to winning with a backup, or at least getting close, is no mistakes, get your rushing game, I mean the rushing game with the 49ers is night and day, it's, or it's just day, because they're really good at rushing, I think um, Kyle Shanahan has a really good rushing scheme and i mean there's not really much to take out of it out of that the seahawks do get the number three seed i don't i think they had it before or something like that they had the opportunity to lock the, lock the number one seed or some crazy scenario but they do end up with the number three seed wilson not a lot of yards decent touchdowns two two touchdowns 181 yards And Tyler Lockett, good game. Metcalf, not so good game. Only three receptions for 21 yards. Hope I'm not talking too fast, but... Yeah, Benson Maioa had two sacks. I hope I said his name right, too. I mean, just a classic divisional game. You don't really expect divisional games to be blowouts like that, especially on a regular occasion. I know it's, it's maybe like the Patriots and the Dolphins. Not even the Patriots and the Dolphins, but... Maybe Patriots and Jets is just never close, but that's an anomaly... I think a lot of people have to understand, that, and we'll get into the next game too. But divisional games are just—they're—they're they're, they're the weird games, and that's why divisional playoff games are weird. And Steelers and Browns, it, it, divisional playoff games are super good. That's what I'm gonna—that's—that's that's what I'll say. And so the one thing taking out of this game is oh—is that a six-one? My God, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo is he staying a lot of there's some rumors that he might leave what do i think i think he gets one more year with a healthy team but i would not be surprised if his, if his weird weird say successor maybe a zach will i don't think zach Wilson's dropping that far maybe like a trey lance maybe they get like a trey lance get him one year prepared i don't know jimmy g's contract but if it if it is his last year next year that may be a whole different conversation, but I don't think he has a lot of trade suitors. Except maybe the Patriots. Maybe the Patriots do pick him up. And a third water break. So yeah, Kittle, he was injured most of the year, but I mean, he had a decent game, seven seven receptions, 68 yards, but the NFL is not as fun without Kittle in it. I'll tell you that. And so next, another divisional, well, I mean, all these are divisional games. It is week 17, but the Raiders and the Broncos, the kicking in this game was hilarious. And it basically determined the game. We saw Brandon McManus, McManus. Yes. He attempted a 70 yard field goal in the middle of, well, no, as they were going into halftime, it got blocked. And uh, Jerry, not Jerry Judy, Henry Henry Ruggs, Henry Ruggs. He picked it up and was looking to return it, but I think halfway towards the uh, touchdown, possible touchdown, he got knocked out. So that was pretty funny. And then the Broncos' kick did get blocked as a game winner. Uh, another meaningless game, but the Raiders—they kind of blew it. I, f- I believe they were eight and they were eight and five because they just got their eighth win, but it's the same story as last year they started really well not really well but in position to get into the playoffs and i will say i was gonna make a <laughs> after the <laughs> after the raiders beat the chiefs i was gonna make a watch out for the raiders video or something like that and thank god i did not put that much effort into it i did make a thumbnail and you know you know it's just the same story you you start okay you're in position for the playoffs and you blow it I mean, you blew it to the Dolphins, you got out of the playoffs. And so, you know, it is what it is. Darren Waller, still a monster. Good for Darren Waller. If you don't know his story, do look it up. Very, very capped, oh, seventh one, very captivating. And, uh, oh yes. Okay, so the last game, game of the week, but not for the game of the week, not the game of the week as in game of the week, but the game of the week because it was such a wild game. And by wild, I mean terrible, ugly, everything you don't want to see in a Sunday night football game, you know? And it is the Washington football team against the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, Doug Peterson. Yeah, just Doug Peterson, man. I think the Eagles were going to win this with Hurts. He wasn't passing it all that well. I mean, he was putting up Carson Wentz numbers outside of the interceptions. Well, no, he still didn't have a touchdown, but you know, he he had to t- t- he was the reason they were in the game, right? Cuz the Eagles went into the game with what? 10 inactive starters or something like that. didn't have Fletcher Cox. They didn't have Miles Sanders, I'm pretty sure. They didn't have any of their good players. It was like they were resting. They weren't resting, but they looked like a resting like a Steelers kind of team with all their starters out, but for the wrong reasons, right? And so I mean Carson Wentz was a healthy scratch. That was kind of a surprise, but I mean, you're seeing a lot of stuff with him and Doug Peterson and you know, that's I, I don't know. I'll I'll talk about that as soon as I tell you about how Doug peterson took it upon himself to take the bold courageous move of putting in an absolute stud number seven ns nate sudfeld into the game and how does he play in his first few snaps one interception right then like a missed snap fumble and then i think another fumble or something like that he played out of his mind yes i'm just kidding no, uh, that move was very questionable. And I will say, was, was it all Doug Peterson? I really don't think it was fully his decision, but I am gonna blame him, some of it. But I do think there was some higher calling and it's not religious attached, but higher calling that told him, you know what, we don't wanna win this game. And the Giants fans, as they watched this, I mentioned they had six hours of hope and maybe seven hours as they got into the half with Jalen Hurts. I think Hurts would've gotten a lot of love from Giants fans for, year to com- for years to come. But he got subbed out, and Nate Sudfeld went right into it and played very, very not good, and so did Alex Smith. I mean, I mean, wow. I think I got two two things to come out of this game with. First of all, where's Carson Wentz going? Do I think he's staying? I think um, maybe two weeks before this, I thought <clears throat> before Jalen Hurts played okay, and maybe this puts a lot of questions the way he played today, but or yesterday, or maybe the day before when whenever this gets published, right? Are they trading him? It's a lot of money to trade him, but at this point, I think it's necessary. It, do I think he's? I think he might go. I think the only viable option and realistic option is the Indianapolis Colts, where Frank Reich, who, if you don't know, was the offensive coordinator of the 2017 Eagles team with. Carson Wentz, he had his MVP-type season until he got injured. I do think he was going to win MVP if he didn't get injured. That would have been funny, him becoming an MVP, and then two years later, he gets shipped out. And I don't know, man. That's rough. And then the second thing, well, before I say the second thing, I do think he's going to go to the Colts if I were to bet on it, but I'm not going to bet on it because it's Carson Wentz. You don't want to bet on Carson Wentz, but... If he does come back with Frank Reich, I do he can, I do think I do think he's not as bad as people say. I think he gets trashed on a lot, and maybe it's a bunch of leaks about him not wanting to be there, which you understand. But the timing of it is it's just not a good situation, right? So, if he does go back with Frank Reich, I think he can be a decent quarterback. But the money there is really not what you want to be happy about as an Eagles fan. And I mean, you you got the six the six six uh, draft pick instead of the ninth. Was it worth uh, getting clowned by everyone, especially Giants fan and the, for quote unquote, making the football integrity, the integrity of football, putting it in a disgrace or whatever you want to call it. uh, You can say whatever you want, but I don't think the Eagles are interesting enough to put a debate about the the integrity of winning football games. and. I, if I were an Eagles fan, I'd be sad about how a lot of the Super Bowl champion starters. I saw a picture of Zach Ertz with Carson Wentz and Jason Kelsey. They were standing. I think they're all basically, they're not going to be there soon. I think they might leave. And well, I know they will leave a lot of them. A lot of the Super Bowl starters. And you're just, as an Eagles fan, you're just watching your Super Bowl team go down in, in players and down and down and down. And now you're just in an interesting position. Hopefully you take I don't know maybe like a Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase if he drops, and you know you got to lock to. It's more than the receiver you got to replace, man. So other than that, Washington Football Team does get a playoff berth, but it's against the it's against the Buccaneers. I mean, I don't know. That's just not a good matchup. It's really not not gonna get into the matchup because hopefully I'll have a video by then but it's looking rough chase young is a stud still a stud and you know I mean good for good for the Washington football team I mean a week uh, a year ago and they still are I mean their, their owner is ridiculous but a year ago they had a name controversy take it as you will I'm not gonna get into that pointless arguing a lot of pointless arguing especially revolving around the Washington football team but ron rivera and oh what's the general manager's name i'm gonna have to look that up i do have jason wright jason wright yes i didn't have to look that up yes he's the president of the washington football team he's on the mac if you pat McAfee if you show i love that show and they basically took it upon themselves to do a whole 360 720 1440 culture shift of the washington football team first their name then the culture, then the and then all of this is happening while Ron Rivera, Riverboat Ron, is fighting cancer. You also have Haskins; he's going to to um, adult clubs, and I mean it's it's a lot you had to go with. And you do get into the playoffs at seven and nine. Do I think they're going to beat the Bucks? No. Can they beat the Bucks? Maybe. Maybe. But I don't think they will. So I'm not going to get into that. But that is a little preview for my possible preview of the preview. No, just the preview of the preview of the playoffs. Yes. So that about does it for the NFL. How many minutes are we in? That was 55 minutes of pure NFL talk. I'm pretty proud of myself because, I mean, so far... That was that was that was just great. I felt very proud of that. Fifty-five minutes straight talking. Never done it before. I'm gonna be on. Well, maybe I have. I do talk a lot. Maybe I don't know. But that was pretty good. I hope you guys did enjoy that NFL section. This isn't the end of the podcast, obviously, but I mean, just to wrap it up overall for the NFL section, again, it was a. It's what you want a week seventeen season to be. The NFL regular season for what it was. Not a lot of people thought, including me, it was going to be a completed season in in the time it was supposed to be. I think I the NFL was going to complete its season regardless, but I didn't think it was going to be, you know, all at the same time. And it wasn't really the Ravens and the Steelers got the short end of the stick a lot of the times. And, you know, it was a good NFL season. Lots of cool moments. I do miss the fans. And Cleveland had a lot of fans in their last game, but... I mean, a lot of fans. Ohio Governor, I mean, hey, man. But yeah, it was a good NFL season. I'm super hyped. for. I'm beyond hyped for the playoffs. I think we got a lot of good favorable matchups. Or not favorable matchups, but good matchups. I think it'll be a really interesting card week. What do I think about the 17 playoff scenario? Um... For all the complaining that was there at the beginning, it it, it wasn't that bad. Do I think the bye thing is a little ridiculous? As a Steeler fan, it was at first, but we weren't going to get it anyway, so... The bias in me saying, eh, who cares? The best team did get the bye in each conference, so... I do think if the Bills... I don't think they're going to fall short because of the bye week. I think if they're going to fall short, it's either to the Chiefs because they blew something, right? But... It was a great NFL season. It went by super fast. I mean super fast. It feels like last week it was just week one. But it was a great it was it was just overall a great 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 story. Great season. So transition into the NBA. This is gonna be a little quicker. I do I mean the NFL was a whole hour. But the NBA portion. I'm just basically gonna run down a few teams, the whole standings, you know, recent headlines, stories. A day, before, a day before the recording of this episode, Steph Curry went absolutely bonkers on Damian Lillard and the Blazers. Mm, excuse me. Damian Lillard, I think he had, I was just listening to Dom2K's, uh, if anyone know Dom2K is a basketball YouTuber basically. Um, very good one too. Lots of things to uh, model his game after but he he mentioned it, and it was really good information, but I, I did see it before, but Damian Lillard, I mean, he was he had a few quotes, a couple head, headline quotes you see on the Twitter, and Steph Curry looked at it, took, took it personally, like MJ, I, I do believe he referenced him, and he scored 62, that is a career high, and he took all the headlines of his legacy is on the line of all the dumb stuff, really. I mean, it, it, it's just NBA. NBA Twitter is a whole different world. I think... I don't know. I think NBA Twitter might be worse than NFL Twitter. If you just do anything to avoid those streets, please. But it was a good game for him. And I'm glad of Steph Curry. Not an easy guy to hate. I'm not saying I do want to hate him, but... The whole Warriors team, you know. They were easy to hate, but Steph Curry... He, great guy. I'm glad he got to show a lot of his haters wrong, especially the James Harden stands. Not the not his James Harden fans, but the stands. The stands of any fan base are pretty bad, but a lot of them shut up. The whole Damian Lillard over Steph Curry argument. I mean, come on guys. Let's let's be honest with ourselves. Let's calm down here, please. Steph Curry, come on. It's Steph Curry. But quick look at the standings in the Western Conference. The Clippers are number one at five and two. Not really surprised. Well, a lot of these standings are gonna be what they are. Take it as you will. It's just, what, seven, six games into the season. The Clippers, who did lose by what, like 50? They're number one. Then you have the Suns, who did lose to the... Who did they lose to? I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of game, A lot of stuff happened yesterday, sports-wise. Yes, they lost to the Clippers. So the Clippers took hold of that number one seed. Yes, the Lakers are five and two, but they're not number one because they lost to the Clippers ear- earlier in the season. They are five and two, and as a Lakers fan, a lot of maybe a lot of you might be asking, "Oh, Steelers and Lakers fan? Oh, what a, what a bandwagon!" Honestly, look, I'm a Pirates fan. All all of it balances out. Trust me, I'm not. A, I'm not. A, it's not like I like all the good teams, right? And the Penguins aren't really. I think the prime is past them, and that. And I wasn't a fan of the Penguins or hockey when they were in the prime, so I got two, I got one really bad team, two eh, or two, two eh teams, I guess. I mean, the Steelers and the Penguins, are they in the same position? I really don't know. The NHL I still have to get into, but the Lakers, I'm pretty blessed to have the Lakers and the Steelers both potentially playoff teams. The Steelers are more questionable, but Enough of my fanhood, right? The Lakers, 5-2, and two, they're doing pretty good. I think a lot of their games are closer than they should be because they did start off the year pretty good after the Clippers game, but you see a lot more, I think a lot more, I, th- I was expecting a lot more AD confidence, you know, a lot more AD balling out. And he did ball out against the, I believe, he did hit like a really good step, sidestep, against i get these games confused i think yeah it was the spurs and i was just expecting a little more eh, you know out of ad uh, i i did expect him to be in the M- mvp race very early on but it's seven games on who really cares jazz are number four pelicans number five rockets number six i think the rockets are interesting james hard didn't play yesterday yes no was it yesterday? No, it was two ga- something two games ago. And Christian Wood is having a heck of a season. Good for Christian Wood. And I think it, it, it's very interesting to see what Harden chooses to do. I don't think he's getting traded because the options that were there, I think maybe the Raptors, I think that's opening up a little bit. I think that's really underrated. But if he goes to the Raptors, uh, I don't think the Raptors culture, I think they're very smart in Toronto. And I don't know if they'll trade what like a pascal and pascal isn't helping a stock either and i'm a big pascal fan and ever since that bubble i wouldn't say it's hard to be a pascal fan but man is he looking rough out there you know people are calling him like a a beyblade i mean man he's taking some slander everywhere man hopefully he improves but we're not talking about the raptors the rockets are they're interesting do i think they're contenders maybe i don't think they're I think they're better than last year I will say that so far again these are only six and seven games in so there's a lot you can take and in context right so that's that for the Rockets next are the Trailblazers who took a big L to Steph Curry the Warriors started off really bad and then so far they're balancing they're the 8 seed the Warriors so far I mean Steph Curry is gonna have to do a lot to get a lot of wins but do I think he's capable of doing so I mean he's shown before 2015 a lot of people think Steph Curry only existed from 2015 on but early on after the ankle injuries or throughout the ankle injuries he led some eh Warriors teams to the playoffs so it's not like he can't carry a team trust me the Kings oh the Kings are very interesting because we got Marvin Bagley controversy I think his dad and then De'Aaron Fox's dad or something with their parents they're like I think just now they got into a whole spiel, but Marvin Bagley's dad wants his son traded and he deleted the tweet, but then he retweeted a tweet of his tweet, right? So they he retweeted a tweet of an image of his tweet. So he's kind of saying, I deleted the tweet, but it's not fully my tweet, you know? And he's liking uh, tweets of Luke Walton being, of people saying Luke Walton's a bad coach. I mean, he's not wrong, but come on, you know? Do I think Marvin Bagley is getting traded? I don't care. I don't have. I, I don't care. Um, Marvin Bagley has just been—he's been injured a lot, but I do think his potential. I mean, it's not—it's not like it's gone. He could be a good player. But that's enough of Kings talk. I think. Oh wait, no. Tyrese Halliburton—he's pretty good. Uh, he his jumper still a little funky, but it's not funky if it goes in, you know. So Tyrese Halliburton, pretty good. Finally, the DraftKings, the the not the DraftKings, the Kings can draft somewhat decent. But again, seven games into the season, I do think Tyrese Halliburton is going to be a good good player. And then the Thunder, they have two games so far won. I think that's pretty impressive for their I wouldn't say it's the roster's fault, but they don't they don't have a lot of pieces. And I'm sure a lot of the fans are less surprised that they're winning as much as they are so far. Again, seven games. I've said that three times now, but. Shai is good. Lou Dort is pretty good, too. I love me some Lou Dort. Then the Nuggets are the 11th seed. I mean, they started off pretty bad, but I'm I'm sure they'll get back. Jamal Murray is looking pretty rough right now, but again, it's just the beginning of the season. The Spurs, they looked good. I mean, um, what's his name? Kentucky guy. Oh, my goodness. Keldon johnson yes i'm so sorry i blinked out there but he went off he had a career night against the lakers that was really interesting to see because i i mean i love kentucky you know they are having a rough season but shout out to big blue nation and Keldon johnson looks like a good small forward for the future the mavericks are number 13 or the 13th seed uh they played without Luka and Porzingis. They lost to the Bulls, I believe. Yes, they lost to the Bulls. Um, I think it's going to be a lot more rough for Luka this year than a lot of people anticipated. Being without KP is going to take its toll because we saw what he did without KP and how he carried, but now you're going to have to do that for 70, no, not 72 games, but for as long as KP is out and his injury concerns are concerning, as in the name, but Luka's going to have to do a lot, man and i'm sure he's capable of it but right now it's looking a little rough and i did think the mavericks were going to be what like a top three or four seed but you know so far it's looking a little rough but i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure look it will be fine you know the timberwolves i have not watched a lot of timberwolves game i watched the game against the lakers they got blown out in that game anthony edwards looks pretty good for pretty good actually no yeah no he looks pretty good he's Very funny. He's got like a great Southern accent. I think he's from Atlanta. So a lot of Atlanta accents are awesome. And he looks pretty good. I think Kat was injured for a bit and he's got a lot going on, but you know, shout out to Kat. My condolences are with him. And you know, the Timberwolves, they're just in a, they're in a funky position. I'll say that what do i project them to be maybe like a nine eight seed maybe like a play-in type of seed or maybe just the 10 seed or maybe they're just they just stick with the four, fourteenth 14 seed but last is the grizzlies they lost jaw and they don't have jaron jackson jr i'm sorry grizzlies fans that's all i gotta say it's looking rough out there eastern conference i'm gonna go quickly through these 76ers are five and one very impressive good start um I don't think they're going for a James Harden trade. I did think they were gonna go for a James Harden trade, but you know, cause they're more, is one heck of a manager. He does a lot of bold moves, but I don't think he's doing much. So that, that attributes the James Harden potentially not going, you know, 76ers are looking pretty good. They're undefeated at home for whatever that that means. They're pretty good. They were pretty good at home and they're continuing the streak even without fans around many i don't know if philly has fans i didn't I haven't watched too many sixers game i did watch the one against the wizards The the wizards did lose that game that was a good game too next are the pacers pacers playing pretty good um demontis a man he's quickly becoming a uh top tier underrated player and so i mean that's that there's that's pretty much what the Pacers are: Demontis a bonus and the gang. And I mean, you got Oladipo, you got Malcolm Brogdon. I'm I'm just playing, but Demontis bonus looks pretty impressive. He's got a new, he I think he grew his hair out. Looks uh very uh very intimidating actually. Yeah, so I'm trying to look at a. Yeah, yeah, he grew his hair out. Oh wow, he's got a headband too now. I'm sure that was just a one game thing, but a headband Sabonis might be up there, you know? Next on the Magic, they're the number three seed. Markel Fultz is looking pretty good. He got his extension. And uh, do I think that's gonna last for the Magic being the three seed? Not really. Cavaliers being the four seed, are they gonna last that long? Not really. Uh, Sexton and the uh, Darius Garland, they just beat the Hawks, I believe, yes. They were pretty good pretty good duo, not as good as I thought they would be, but they're pretty, they're shooting above my expectations, next are the Atlanta Hawks, oh, I got an interesting, right, interesting take here, so if any of you are familiar with my channel, um, either one or two videos before this goes up, I think it'll be two, I I had a Trey Young MVP take, and I'm proud of that video, because it's looking like that might be, because I made it with the assumption that it was a bold take. But now I'm looking at it. Trey Young being MVP doesn't seem that bold. And I'm pretty proud of it. It feels good having a bold take that actually might happen. But again, six games into this season, hopefully does win MVP. I should have, if I if I would be able to bet on that, I I mean, that'd be hilarious how much I could get out of that. But the Hawks are looking pretty good. DeAndre Hunt and DeAndre Hunt and Cam Resh for being what I said to be like a dynamic duo within themselves. Celtics number six, they barely beat the Pistons. I think Jason Tatum hit a game winner, and he also hit a game winner against the uh, Bucks. The whole uh, lucky shot went in type of thing. That was another weird headline. But Celtics look okay. They are missing Kemba. Their bench depth is a little eh. Not a lot of Taco Fall minutes. I'm I'm a little disappointed. Um, half joking, half not, but whatever. It's t- Taco Fall. Shout out Taco Fall. So the Celtics hope once they do get Kemba back, I'm sure they'll be back on track. But lots of development while Kemba is outside for um, lots of big lots of big minutes for Smart and Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is, I mean, he's developing quite well. And next, we have the Knicks at the 7th seed. The Knicks are pretty good. And, uh, you know, Julius Randle balling out. Absolutely balling out. Triple-double near average. So, take that. You know, Knicks fans at 500, that's very good. And do I think Julius Randle will average a triple-double for the season? I'm going to go out on a limb and say maybe not, you know. I don't think he's going to do that, but... Now that Obi Toppin is out, he doesn't really have to look behind his back for uh, too much competition, but uh, Tim Thibodeau, you know, he's been known to be a good, you know, win now coach, so and the Knicks are looking okay for Knicks standards. The Bucks at the eight seed, uh, I mean, Chris Middleton has been looking pretty well, that's about it. Everything else, Drew Holiday, yeah, Drew Holiday looks looks okay. I think there's just a lot of more chemistry that needs to be molded together between all of those guys. So just a little little growing pains at the beginning of the season. The Nets are three and four. I think that's a little more interesting. They lost to the Hawks and they did lose to the Wizards. Yeah, <laughs> they lost to the Wizards. I think that's a little more concerning, but you know. KD and Kyrie went shot out of the uh, shot out shot out of their minds at the beginning of the season. People were calling them like contenders off the bat. Like I said, it's gonna be a lot of I said the Bucks have growing pains, but the Nets between Kyrie and KD, there's gonna be growing pains. There's gonna be chemistry, not maybe not as much as the Bucks, but I think it's just gonna be a slow process. You're gonna get a lot of a lot of weird headlines with the Nets, and um, you know. It it, it is what it is with the Nets. Oh, they did lose Spencer Dinwiddie. I think that was about a week ago. No reference to Shmurda, but... You know, I think losing Dinwiddie is... In terms of depth, obviously. It's going to have an impact, but not like an immediate impact. You know, it's not going to be... It's going to be a playoffs type of impact where you're going to think like, Oh man, I wish we had Dinwiddie right now. For some points off the bench, because Karis Levert, I don't know if he's gonna play more of a starter role, but you know it's it's gonna hurt. It's it's really gonna hurt. So I hope Dinwiddie does get better. I believe it was a partial tear on either his ACL or MCL. Let me look that up. So I mean I'm glad it's not a full tear. That's great. But Dinwiddie does seem very motivated. So yes, torn right ACL, but it's only partial. But again, only only in ACL tears like partial is still pretty bad so there's not really a a, a minor ACL tear there's really not so that's still growing the Bulls you know they started off what oh and uh oh and four oh and three something like that they're on a win streak right now I know Kenny from king of the fourth quarter you know it's fun to see how uh hyped he gets for the uh it's fun to see Bulls fans because I do watch a lot of Bulls fans. I watch Rusty Buckets and King of the Fourth Court. I, honestly, I put the Bulls way down for interest levels. But you get a good, lots of good analysis from Bulls fans. So, you know, Laurie Markadin starts off decent. Patrick Williams. I'm going to join a lot of the bandwagon of saying, you know, maybe he is a good fourth overall pick. I think it's, it's just one of those immediate impact type of players. And you're seeing it. In his play so far, and the Heat are an eleven seed off to a rough start. To one of the contenders, you'd think would be off to a better start, but not a contender that got off to a terrible start. That'll be later. But the Heat, you know, Jimmy Butler didn't play the game against. Um, I think they got. Oh man, who did they get blown out? By? Yeah, the Bucks, one forty-four to ninety-seven. The Heat social media team was hilarious on that. Uh, on that they took it like a champ and uh i think you see that with a lot of t- uh social media nba nba team social media i think that's evolving to a whole different thing but yeah the heat off to a rough start i'm sure they'll be fine really they're the heat the hornets are two and four i think they were one of my well they're i don't know how to say this but the hornets are like my second i wouldn't i don't know they're, i like their color scheme hence they're like my second favorite. I wouldn't say they're my favorite team because I'm not a Hornets fan, but they're a team outside of the Lakers I'm mostly interested in, kind of, because the roster before LaMelo Ball, oh my god, and PJ Washington before those two, it was kind of a snooze fest outside of Kemba too, but I do like the Hornets. Um, there's not much to say about them. LaMelo looks okay. His shooting still needs a little more. Work on, but outside of that, he's a good passer and rebounder. So, kind of sounds like Lonzo Ball early on, but I think they'll have different trajectories. I don't know what they are, but whatever. The Wizards two and five. Are they on? Yeah, they're on a two-game winning streak. Good for them. uh Russell West <laughs> Russell Westbrook shot selection still out of the still out of this world. I'll, I'll say that, but you know, they are winning, which a lot of people expected them to do. Not maybe not as much winning, but. They're, they're getting on pace, so... Off to... off to Ooh, number eight. They're off to a bad start, but... You know, they're transitioning into winning, so that's good, I guess. I mean, great analysis, but... It is what it is. Now, a more interesting team. I will say the 15th seed is the Pistons. I'm sorry, Pistons fans, if any of you are listening, but... Your team isn't interesting. I'm sure you yourself would say, this team isn't interesting. Outside of Blake Griffin and D-Rose, and maybe Jer- Jeremy Grant. I mean, he's, he's pretty good, but... I think the position Jeremy wanted isn't what a fan would want to see Jeremy Grant in. I think him and a contending team would have been great, like the Nuggets. But that's all I got for you Pistons fans. I'm sorry. But Raptors, Raptors fans, man. I'm a big Pascal guy. I think I mentioned that earlier, right? Yeah, I did. Not looking good for Pascal. Really not looking good. The Tampa Bay Raptors. All I'm going to say, they're off to a rough start. I think a lot of my expectations for them, I fell victim to them still thinking they could be a mid-tier contender. Not really looking like that right now. Am I saying this off the rip? Maybe. Is it a little too premature to say that? Maybe, but it's just it's looking a little rough for them, man. And I think a lot of it attributes to them being in Tampa Bay. I mean, all of these teams at least get to go back home. Right? Toronto doesn't have a home. So the Raptors players have to deal with being in a be, going from Toronto to Florida is like going from Mars to Venus, right? I don't know what that analogy was, but you guys get the, the whole gist, you know. And so I don't think the Raptors are gonna be as good as I thought they were gonna be most, um, not mostly, but in addition to the external factors, Pascal, I thought I had a lot of faith in him, you know, proving the haters wrong. But he still got a lot of growing pains, and he's like what twenty six. But I do have faith in Pascal Siakam, so I think when it, I'll project him to be what like a seven to eight seed, which is way lower than I thought they were going to be. So sucks for Raptors fans. But that about does it for the NBA section, and that's all the sec- sections that we have. I don't. I didn't plan for a like a outside of sports topic maybe I mean music no not really nothing's really happening in the music scene the Grammys are coming up but the Grammys are a little eh, I don't know they they uh snubbed after hours from the weekend maybe I think it was like a dumb it was a dumb reason I think and it was a dumb decision but I don't really want to talk about the Grammys so that about does it for The first ever ridiculous rundowns with Rose. Oh wait, no, it doesn't. No, no, it doesn't. I almost forgot. We still have the (laughs) top. I forgot the most important part. Yes, the top five ridiculous moments from sports so far, right? And this, oh, I didn't take into consideration college football. I probably should have done that. You know what? I will do it right now. I'm going to interpret it. So should I do it? Yeah. Okay. So, an honorable mention for college football, it will be Najee Harris's hurdle. The guy, uh, he went over. I don't know college football like that. That's probably why I didn't think too much about. Oh, number nine. That's probably why I didn't think too much about it. But Najee Harris. Do I want it on the Steelers? Heck yes. Do I think running backs are worth a first rounder? Heck no. But it'd be pretty cool to see a guy on the Steelers hurdling someone. I don't think we've seen that since Le'Veon Bell. And I don't know. So. I guess Najee Harris Hurdle is number six honorable mention. And I probably should have a lot more in the top five, but uh, I didn't take college football too much into consideration. So number five is the 400 rushing yards by the Ravens on the Bengals. I did say earlier the game overall was pretty bad and I'm not wrong, but let me look that up. So the most rushing yards in a game by team NFL. They got 403 yards, 404 yards, right? It was against the, I think it's up there for records. (laughs) Oh yes. Oh my God. It was the fourth most rushing yards in a game by a team. Uh, They are behind the 1950 Giants, the 2000 Bengals, ironically enough, and the 1955 Bears. So this hasn't happened in 21 years. That someone got over 400 yards against the team, and I—I'm gonna be honest. The highlights I saw was mostly passing. So, if it was passing and 400 rushing yards, man, it's gotta be a rough way to end the season as a Bengals fan. At least you got at least you got to win against the the the, uh, the Steelers and the Corvette Corvette uh, Pinnacle. So, I mean, you had that going for you. So that was hilarious. That was very ridiculous. Yeah, you get 400 rushing yards against a professional team. Number four is Steph's 62 points against the Blazers. I did mention this earlier. I don't think I went too much in depth about it, but well, no, I did. But basically, 62 points. I think what was ridiculous about his 62 points, other than it was a career high, was the fact that he. He was, he was, I think he he was at 56 or 54 or something. He was, he was about to break his career high, which was 54, I do believe. And he just started chucking the most disrespectful shots ever. And they went in because it's Steph Curry. So he, he got his record in the most, you know, (laughs) disrespectful way. So that was what was ridiculous about it. Number three, this is going to be a uh, reflection on the NFC East, the NFC East is uh man as ridiculous as you can get let's see we'll start off with the cowboys right they lose Dak Prescott in what week four week five something like that against the Giants after that not a lot and even with Dak wasn't looking good especially for the defense I think they they were historically bad in the first four weeks and after that you got a little bit of uh, Ben DiNucci. Then you got a little bit of Andy Dalton. Well, a lot of Andy Dalton. And uh, oh my gosh, who is the guy that that the Steelers played? Oh, this is what I mean. <laughs> you got uh what's his name? Oh, what's his name? It, it's like an alliteration type of name. Garrett Gilbert. Yeah, Garrett Gilbert. I think his uh, his prime was against the Steelers this this uh, this uh, season. I think that was Week Eight maybe. You got a little bit of Garrett Gilbert, just not a good season. Ezekiel Elliott, not a good contract looking back at it now. Then you have the Eagles. Oh my gosh. All these teams have terrible quarterback play, but yeah, no, all of them have terrible quarterback. I think Jalen Hurts playing decent was the best the NFC East saw out of quarterbacks, but who's I talking about? See, I just forgot. The Eagles, yeah, they went 4-11-1. I think I just went into the whole debacle between the quarterbacks and Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts and now the guy I can't even remember. You know, the Eagles, you had high expectations from me. You completely failed it and even some. And then for the Giants. I mean, another quarterback carousel is pretty ridiculous. Daniel Jones, is he the future I don't know, Cal- I'm or Giants fans. I don't know, man. You had a uh, You went six and ten. I mean, Joe Judge seems like a decent coach from my perspective. Definitely better than uh Pat Shermer. and oh my gosh, who was the guy with the incredible mustache? I'm gonna have to look this up. Ben McAdoo, yes. Oh, I'm sure Joe Judge is miles ahead of Ben McAdoo. Ooh, number 10. So, yes, Ben McAdoo is just was not a good coach. And I'm sure, I, I don't know. I don't know. The, the Giants are in a weird position. I don't know how to feel, how would I would feel other than heartbroken if I was a Giants fan. Because you had six wins, which is terrible, and you still had a chance to go to the playoffs. And what do you do? You miss the playoffs. So, there's that, and the Washington football team, congrats, that's all I got to say, because I already went into their whole their whole thing, and it, it, it was a good story, but congrats, you might get two awards, I don't know if two awards in the NFL, is, I think comeback player of the year for Alex Smith, it seems like a lock, but he played terribly in comparison to Big Ben, who I think is second place. Now the question is, does Alex Smith's story carry him to the award? I think so. I mean, I'm not a big—I wouldn't really care if Big Ben didn't get the award. It's not like I'm a huge Big Ben fan, you know. I mean, and I mean, yeah. So coach of the year, does Ron Rivera get it with a seven and nine record? Maybe. Again, storyline carrying. I thought Brian Flores was the front runner, but he didn't even make the playoffs. And if Mike Tomlin went eight and eight last year and didn't make the playoffs. And didn't get the award, and no, I really don't think Brian Flores is gonna get it. Sorry, but I mean, it's gonna be. I mean, I think Sean McDermott might win it. I think he should win it. But if Ron Rivera gets it, good for him. I mean, he's fighting cancer. He says in night games, it's it's terrible to coach in night games because he still have, he still has waning effects. So, just a good story between him and Alex Smith. So that's for the nfc east you guys are ridiculous uh it's gonna get corny soon number two derrick henry uh it's kind of like a two and one i did mention previously i was going to get more into the the titans and the uh texans game derrick henry hitting 2k yards becomes the eighth player to do so good for him i love me some derrick henry especially i love seeing him run and his hair just behind him and then he stiffs people. He stiff. Hold on. He stiff. Oh, he stiff arms people. And there's a lot to Derrick Henry you gotta love. I mean, he. It doesn't look like he runs fast, but he runs super fast. Like he's a big. Uh, he's like a stiff running back, but he's really not. And it, it, it's super exciting to watch him play. And hopefully he he goes he goes to a rematch versus the Ravens. The Ravens don't have Earl Thomas III anymore, so. Hopefully, you can replicate it with a different player. Preferably, Marcus Peters. And then, the doink field goal game winner. I don't know if I talked about it, but yeah, you get a doink. Cody Parkey has nightmares about it, but their kicker, who again, I forgot his name. I'm not going to... I don't think I care enough to say his name, but uh, you know what? I do care, because if you hit a doink, you're an iconic guy, right? So, his name was not John Cena, but... It was Samuel Sloman. He got a he got a doink. And what was hilarious was watching, previously mentioned, Derrick Henry. He said, oh, he missed it. And then even the kicker th- thought he missed it. And the officials were, like, looking at each other. And then they were, like, nodding their head. They're like, yeah, I was in. And so once they put their, you know, the field goal sign, if any of you don't know, it's two straight hands up uh, with the uh, palms facing the face, both of them. Yes. And everyone went bonkers after that. And yeah, that was a f- pretty funny, ridiculous. <laughs> I'll stop with that, with the the wink field goal game winner. And number one in the ridiculous rundown, top five ridiculous stuff is the Browns making the playoffs. It has. It was the first time since 2002 where they blew a huge lead to the... I know that year they blew a huge lead to the Steelers. I don't know if it was Tim Couch. Was it Tim Couch on that team? I don't don't care, but um, they do beat my Steelers. It was a good game. Again, they made the playoffs. Now, could they win against the Steelers for the first time since 1994? The first playoff victory since 1994? I don't know. I mean, they have a good chance. It depends on how the Steelers play, especially since they are home, but I do think they get some fans, but that's not the point of the thing. The Browns do make the playoffs. I, myself, I mean, I'm happy for Browns fans. I don't really like Browns fans. I'm going to be honest. I don't like you guys. I'm sorry, but I am happy for you guys because there's some respect there. It's not like, a. at the end of the day, it's sports. So there's not, it's not like it really matters, but I think the city of Cleveland after 2016 has needed some love, you know, even before that with the browns i'm i'm pretty sure yeah they're they're a football city and so i'm glad that the browns made the playoffs i'm glad for cleveland can get a little happiness but you know what i'm not glad well what i am glad about is that we get a rematch the steelers and the browns and hopefully i say this with little with a lot of uh superstition but it should be a good i'm not gonna say who's gonna win not yet but i don't want to jinx my my own team but you know I hope you guys do not do well in the playoffs because you guys are playing the Steelers, but I'm super happy for the Browns. I wouldn't say super happy, but I'm happy for the the fans that had to deal with that. I mean, there's they're, they're some loyal bunch right there, man. They're, they're very loyal to be 1-31 in, in, what, two years? And then, what, three years later, you're in the playoffs with Baker Mayfield. I do like Baker Mayfield I'll, I'll, and Nick Chubb. And uh, Miles Garrett, I did like. Right. I mean, I don't know how to feel about Miles Garrett. He seems like a really good guy who, who did a really a ridiculous. I'll stop there, but it was just a. I don't want to get into that, but. Miles Garrett. I mean, seems like a good guy. Walter Payne, man, man of the year. You don't get Walter Payne, man of the year, out of being a terrible person, so. You got Miles Garrett. That's. I mean, Jarvis Landry. Oh, man. That was funny. Him trash talking with Minka, but. The Browns, not to get out of uh, the whole, uh, yeah, the Browns making the playoffs is number one for the top five ridiculous, ridiculousness in the sports world. So that about does it for the podcast, the number one podcast ever. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah, it's been an hour and 34 minutes. Wow. I did not think it would take such a toll talking for that long but shout out to all the podcasters man to do this on a consistent basis man you got to take a lot of voice like drink a lot of tea man so this, this hurts the the vocal cords but yeah that about does it if you did make it this far which if you did congratulations i don't know why you would but i mean hey congrats guys that about does it, yeah. That about does it. If you did enjoy the podcast, do make sure to share it on all platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, and uh, Instagram, Reddit. I don't know. I don't know. Anything you can share it on, that'd be great. This will be the beginning of a lot of episodes. Hopefully, this this was fun, although it was a little exhausting towards the end and a lot of ums, a lot of voice cracks, we got to 10, hopefully we can minimize that, but again, thank you guys for listening, hope you guys have a great day, hope you guys have a great year, week, whatever it is, without further ado, I'm not going to say let's begin, but thank you for listening, and adieu.